So, how do you come up with the title of your podcast? Title of my podcast typically are just something funny that happened during the uh, recording of mm-hmm. the of the podcast, or you know something that was annoying and kind of negative, mm-hmm. and I twist we kind of just twist it, rebrand it into a positive thing. Cup so, half full, you know. Cup half full, you know. I walked in. We're we're currently recording this in the library mm-hmm. in Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was making calls at lunch trying to book rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that the room is like an egg shaped, fully clear uh, circle in the middle of the library. And anyone that's out there can listen in or see us, basically. Should I just yell and see if everyone looks at us? I don't think so. No? no. Bad idea? Maybe bad idea. Sure. Yeah. Um, there might be too much echo in this fully yeah. glass-encased egg. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name of this podcast will probably be the podcast recorded in the egg or something like that. I like that. Yeah. Something the egg. to do with that. And it, like it's two like, embryos in one egg? Yeah. No, no, more like a chicken egg, like chicken a chicken egg, egg. Okay. chicken okay. hatching egg. We don't have to go. No, like, but now it might be the embryo. Okay. Let's call it that. <laughs> the embryo. But uh, yeah, it's just like I walked in. I'm like, oh my god, how is this gonna work? They're recording on this. Is gonna be awful. There's gonna be echo. Um, but then I was like, you know, I, how do I, how can I twist this into a positive? And mm-hmm. typically that's the name. And you know, even messaging you about what the room looked like, you're like, mm-hmm. we're gonna make it work. Yeah. And I was like, you know, positive, positive feedback. Welcome to the Imperfect Podcast, where we discuss masculinity more intentionally and purposely. On this episode, episode six, I have my buddy Andre from Laurier. Andre, say what's up. What's up? And in this conversation, we go deeper into some, you know, talking points about communication studies, uh, masculinity, uh, you know, uh, Andre's unique background coming from being raised in Denmark and, and now coming over to Canada. Uh, we talk about his love for food, art, passion, fashion. We talk about, you know, um, some of the experiences that we've shared in terms of our masculinity. We talk about therapy in both the solo sense and the marriage sense. Um, and, you know, it's a really good conversation about how vulnerable men can be in, in kind of more minute details. And uh, I look forward to having you hear this episode, and I'll see you all again next week. Cheers. Andre, yeah. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. We're doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, you're someone I met in only fourth year. Yeah. Part, like, semester two, the winter, <coughs> winter semester um, in classes. Yeah. Um, but we really, I think we bonded over just talking a lot in class. For sure. But in terms of reaching out to me about this podcast, mm-hmm. kind of what were some of the reasons that you wanted to be on it and, and discuss the topic of manhood or masculinity? So right off the bat, first thing, um, I've never been on a podcast before. I'm sure anyone listening to this will understand that. But besides that, um, I think you're really you're shedding light on a topic that isn't really talked about in today's modern society, um, and especially as um, communications majors, um, which there really aren't a lot of. We we have the opportunity to look at things from a different perspective that most people don't usually look at it in that way. So I figured my buddy started a podcast, what, why, why not get on it, you know? Like I was, was I one of the first people who asked you 
Yes. Because as soon as I saw it, I was instantly intrigued. And I figured it's a good opportunity to get my voice out there, you know, and start preparing for the future. And hopefully one day I'll be revered as a person who goes on podcasts, you yeah. know, like, and hopefully one day this thing will blow up and I'm sure it will. Yeah. That's the goal. I want it to blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I like the idea that you want to be revered for being like kind of a, a thought leader, I guess, in this uh, field. That's something that I really want to be, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. Not like in an egotistical way, but in like a very, um, this conversation wasn't talked a lot about in communication studies, I didn't feel. No. We talked a lot about women's studies or, or you know, mm-hmm. gender and whatnot and gender performance, mm-hmm. um, which masculinity kind of falls into, but we almost always leaned towards the idea that um, you know, men have to be better, which we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how we can create safer spaces for women in society, which is which we do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really felt comfortable in class, especially since it was a very female-dominated for like, sure. um, program. Mm-hmm. That it was really hard to kind of relate to some of the some of the talking points a lot of the oh, times. Yeah. Did you find that too? Yeah, for sure. Like. Obviously, there's pros and cons to having a female-dominated classroom, but at the same time, you, as 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 a minority, you want to have a voice, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you don't see that often. But I do remember specific. If we did talk about masculinity, it was based on physical characteristics, really. Like, I remember nonverbal communication. We we talked about signs, colors, you know, that represent masculinity, femininity, and above. But all in all, I think that the program, of course, it is very targeted towards the female gender or like it's more, you, you see more of a female perspective in it mm-hmm. due to the women's studies, minors and etc. But I think we did have the opportunity to get our voices heard because we were the minority. So like people looked at us in a different way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know how to explain this. I think so. Kind of like how minorities get attention because they are minorities and they stand out in a crowd, I think that's the opportunity we had. But like people like us yeah. who like to speak our mind, communicate, you know, and that's, that's was basically the gist of it. Yeah. Did you find that the guys in the class, even though we did outnumber the girls, were much more vocal in their opinions? Because I actually, now that we're talking about it, look back on it mm-hmm. and think that we were actually probably a lot more talkative in class. Oh, 100%. Especially like... Obviously, this depends on the, co- the course, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know you and I, we were both people who were talking in any class we had, right? And, like, I don't personally know, but the, the female gender be- tends to be more shy in certain scenarios. I don't know if it's a, that's a hard fact or not, but from what I've seen and what I've, like, witnessed throughout class, that was definitely something that came up. Um, I think... Being in that environment, you definitely have to gauge what's around you. And, like, there's obviously slackers out there. But, like, us guys, we would always find a way to communicate. Especially the topics all, like, smartphones, that course, that was very relevant to, like, sports and, like, entertainment. And I think wherever you are, you're always looking, especially in classrooms, wherever you are, you're always looking for a way to connect that's basically what life is yeah trying to find connections you know networking and building that base of people you can go to for different things right like and it sounds pretty shady but like that's what it is you know like you're trying to connect with people on a personal level and 
obviously being the same gender, that does definitely help because you have different things to talk about. But I, I don't see how, I don't really see it as it being different because at the same time we did also engage with women, right? Mm-hmm. Like we engaged with, we had profs of all genders, you know, and overall it was, it, it was, I think it was a good balance. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, I guess we'll go, we'll go to uh, smartphones and cause I think that was the only class we were part of, right? That were, we were I think in the same we might've had another class together, but we, and we talked, but we never introduced ourselves. Like earlier in our... Yeah, in our... Because you know it's communications. Are, yeah. For those people who don't know, like, comm students all stay together. Um, well, a lot of them take the same courses throughout the four years. Yeah. So, like, either if you see them at a bar or, like, somewhere out on King Street, you know, like, odds are you're going to run into a communications major. Yeah. Which is cool and not cool because the next day you don't know what you did at the bar and you see them in class. Yeah. But overall, I think it definitely, we definitely had that environment to stay connected. Yeah. And that's where we brought this relationship blossomed. Yeah. Know? That was, a, I love that class. That I think was it was a great class. I think that was my top class out of everything and I was like... Like the prof we had was great in terms of that class. Like there was a lot of conversation that seemed to, you know, the the prof tried to get us to think more beyond just smartphone technology and Mm -hmm. and how it affects us. And I remember the conversation around a lot of mental health stuff Mm -hmm. um, in class. Like kind of what has been your perspective or, um, you know, experience with social media, mental health. Uh, like as a that's an amazing question yeah oh man and the reason that's an amazing question is because if you were to ask me this a couple months ago I wouldn't have the same answer you know yeah um I think that like I don't mean to bring my personal life into this but being in a relationship you learn a lot of things about how you feel and Mm -hmm. um how your feelings can really fluctuate based on social media you know and going into masculinity and um, how men are supposed to not be affected by anything. To be honest, that's total bullshit because like, regardless of anything, social media in today's day and age has such a drive, such a drive for us millennials that we are constantly checking it and looking to see what's next, who's wearing this, who's doing that, who's hanging out with this, who's following who, you know, and that, constant need to check your phone and look and and honestly care about what other people think of you I didn't know I had that I thought Mm. I was a chill guy who didn't give two shits about what people thought of me excuse my French but honestly it's once you realize it you can begin to change it you begin to care less the only problem is as the generations get younger and the new kids grow up these kids are being born and they're coming straight out of the womb as a fetus with a freaking iPhone, you know? And and they have Instagram, they have 4,000 followers at the age of 12. Like, yeah. You shouldn't be experiencing, you shouldn't be put out in the world that quickly, you know? But even us, I think it was too early for us to see all these things. While there are pros and cons to it, obviously, like people can make businesses out of it, influencers, etc. Don't get me wrong, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying it created an environment for us 
it created an environment for mental illness to grow, mm. I think, rapidly at a pace that no one has seen before, you know? But just like every generation, there's new things you need to learn, new things you need to adapt to. But overall, I really think social media has hindered our mental health growth in, a, in the positive way, you know? In a positive way? No, like, it has hindered our positive growth. Oh, okay. Okay, understood. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to be smart right now. <laughs> use big, big sentences. No, understood. Um, that's interesting because I've actually had recently conversations with some friends about how I don't think social media affects our mental health. Like, not in the sense that I don't think mm-hmm. it affects our mental health at some level, um, mm-hmm. but I think we put too much account- like blame onto it mm-hmm. rather than taking accountability for the fact that we don't love ourselves enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really easy to deflect some of that uh, accountability off onto uh, social media. And I, but I also get it at the same time. It's like, you know, just how social media has allowed businesses to scale. It's allowed mm-hmm. a lot of the other negative aspects of our life, like mental health, to scale. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to me, you know, humans have always compared one another to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I would compare myself to you. Mm-hmm. I would compare myself to other guys in communication studies. Um, and what I found is like, that was never helpful to my mental health. But what Instagram has done is like, just allow you to see anyone at any time, basically, and compare yourself to them. So while I do think social media has been an impact on my mental health, it was kind of what you said in terms of admitting it that I've been able to move on. Mm-hmm. And something I'm trying to work into my life now is actually taking like intentional time away from social media, Amazing. but it's really hard. So like it's so hard. Not that I'm like on social media and I feel like it's affecting my mental health. Like I don't scroll through Instagram anymore and be like, oh, this person's more attractive than me mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like that's not how I experience social media anymore. That's how I used to. Um, so I feel like I, I have like there's a very healing component to my interactions with social media, but yeah. I still feel like I'm on it too much. Um, but I do use it mainly for social purposes, like you and I connected through Instagram to do mm-hmm. this, right? Um, and I do think that now with the younger generation, social media does have a different aspect on human action, which I think no one has really seen a lot of in terms of you know, there's a whole, like, framework and and mission to now be uh, Instagram famous or, um, you know, get that clout. Like, that was a huge thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Even, like, Six Buzz. I hate the page, but I also love the page because it's both funny (laughs) and, like, just the worst, right? Uh, Can have said it better. Yeah. And so, like, kind of what are your thoughts on that movement within... um, I guess social media and it seems to be a lot of guys that are doing it now mm-hmm. that do you know either pranks or you know like those YouTube mm-hmm. pranks where they're not funny they're mm-hmm. just like set up yeah. it's like a lot of it's staged but it's very toxic environments mm-hmm. like oh. what are your thoughts on those oh my thank you for bringing this up um, so I'd like to start by saying that I do remember you did have this perspective on social media and how it affects us. I think you said something about it in class. I did. And it really got me thinking because, like you said, now once you realize the issues involved, you can begin to not let it affect you as much. And maybe that's all we need. We need a reality check that this shit don't matter, you know? Like, you shouldn't care as much about what your friends are doing. You should care more about what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know? And when you, when you think about the clout chasing, the fake pranks and the continuous shift of 
unrealistic, disproportional, fake like content that you're seeing on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. You begin to think about where we're going, what direction this is taking us, you know, like as, as the millennial generation, we have so many opportunities to produce good stuff, you know, like we have a, opportunities people don't, didn't have in the past, you know, and these people are using these platforms to put out hateful messages, fake messages, but at the same time, you got to kind of respect their hustle, right? Like, yeah. Some of these people are making bank right now. And like at the same time, that's a shallow way to make money. But then how can you justify any like YouTuber like David Dobrik, you know, or like I I, I watch David Dobrik here and there. I don't know if you know who that is. I know is. who He's he like is, a yeah. popular vlogger. But like his, his material isn't full of depth you know it's not mm -hmm. educating anybody but at the same time i also watch cooking videos you know because i love to cook so like i'm it's based on what i think they're creating this stuff because they know people will be consumed by it mm -hmm. and as long as someone's being consumed by it i believe that it's okay to put that out there that might make the generation behind us very dull and very uneducated and very sort of not not care about anything mm -hmm. and just shallow but at the same time it's I think it depends on the person just like how you said the, it takes a person to understand how these social media affects us just like that it takes a person to distinguish between the material or have a good balance of shit that don't matter and shit that do matter mm -hmm. you know that's my perspective on this Okay, so when you say like as long as someone's willing to consume it, um, like what are your thoughts on you know people like Logan Paul or like the Nelk boys? Nelk boys. Like with me, that I, I as much as I enjoy some of the Nelk videos, mm -hmm. I also hate. Hate. Oh, I get it. Like though. the fact that they go to all these mm -hmm. um, places and they purposely disrupt other mm -hmm. people's lives and oh. like ruin. Like it's just disrespectful. It's top like. That's what I think of toxic is like you're out intentionally ruining mm -hmm. people's money, time, efforts. Yeah. Um, like, like, what are your thoughts on on those that that maybe put out a more dangerous message, but it's still being consumed? I think we have to look at that from two different perspectives, right? We got to look at that from, or maybe even three different perspectives. We have to look at that from our shoes, their shoes. And then the people who are being affected by them in their shoes, right? So, like, from our shoes, we see that and we enjoy it. We laugh at it. It's funny. It's funny when you're chilling with the boys. funny when you're chilling with the girls, you know, just watching videos of people doing stupid shit. From their perspective, they're raking in money. So, like, they're, once you have that money, once you have that constant income, you want to top yourself every time. So, these people, they're... Like, I've actually met all three of the Nelk guys. Oh, really? Nino Shooter, um, Jesse, and... Uh, what's Kyle? Name? Kyle, that's what his name. Um, yeah, I met them at a Raptors game. And um, they are the exact same. Like, Kyle's a little quiet. Um, Jesse was wild, you know? Like, I actually met them at Laurier, too. Oh, really? They, came, they visited Laurier one weekend. But... And Nino's just, like, the, the weird guy. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, they literally, they live, they live to portray that image. 
you know, and that's part of their career, you know, like if you think of Vitaly, I'm not sure if you know, Vitaly, yeah, yeah. The, the big juice head YouTube pranker, he started nowhere, you know, like he started as nothing and he slowly built up into the guy who hangs out with Dan Bilzerian every day now, you know, like the thing is we are feeding into this, right? We are feeding into this and by doing so we are building their, their following but at the same time, permitting and allowing for the people who are affected by these guys to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like hypocritical for us to be like, this is cool or whatever. Because if you were in that situation, if you owned a, um, what are they called? A wine winery? Yeah, like a winery yeah. that your great grandfather had built from scratch when he was young and people came in and they did that you would be offended just as much mm-hmm. you know but i feel like those people are can still watch another nut video mm-hmm. and laugh their asses off you know it's just like to each his own and like what goes around comes around at the same time you have to look at every perspective and i really think what they're doing is unique but it's not gonna last but and then you look at logan paul who's like, what, fighting, fighting KSI or whatever, again, yeah. or something. I don't even know. I'm just looking at Twitter feed and <laughs> stuff pops up that I genuinely do not care about. Yeah. You know? And that's that's a blessing and a curse of social media. Yeah. Because I always find these people very interesting and in how much they get consumed. But at the same time, it's probably the same with me and, like, I like Kanye West. And people are probably confused as to why I like Kanye. Um but, like, I don't know, it just, like, it pisses me off whenever I see these these people on on YouTube that are, like, purposely disrupting mm-hmm. things. And I'm, like, and the thing is, is it's not just guys that follow them, right? And mm-hmm. it's, like, I watched their video when they went to Western. It was a mm-hmm. lot more tame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, like, still hints of those those issues that I don't like or I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, if they're listening, I want them on this podcast because I think it'd actually be really no, interesting be cool. to actually, really like, cool. yeah, challenge them or not challenge them, but, like, talk to them about how they got where they are, why For they sure. think, like... They're, they're great guys. Yeah. They're great guys. I would imagine that they're actually good people. But, yeah. like, in terms of their... Va- like, they gotta do what they gotta do, yeah. right? Um, but I guess in terms of kind of going back to... Um, mental health I guess or you know even you said you were exploring or you know that's changed for you in the last few months my mm-hmm. my question your answer would have been different four months ago than mm-hmm. it is now kind of like what are some things that kind of shifted in that um, experience you're going deep eh? yeah. you're digging deep <laughs> <laughs> holy okay um, well I guess a big factor going home definitely being mm-hmm. away from your family for four years on and off, you know, living in the school life, going out partying whenever you want to, you know, like going to class late, like doing whatever you can. Now I'm working eight to five, you know, eight to six some days, eight to seven some days. And you start to realize that the cycle never ends. And then you you end up using Instagram and social media as sort of a vice to try to like get away for a minute. Mm. get away for five minutes ten minutes here or there and then you start to realize you're just digging into a trap a trap of pointless for a pointless thing but at the same time that doesn't stop me from posting pictures doesn't stop me from liking pictures doesn't stop me from following people because 
the way I look at social media, and I always have, is sort of a network, you know? Mm. Like, it's not a LinkedIn, obviously. It's not professional, but it's it's sort of a social... Well, it is a social network. Yeah. That you basically... At one point in my university career, I was trying to get, like, acquainted with as many people as I could so that after, I would have the opportunities of reaching out to them. Like me and you, for example. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, I think we learned this in university. There's, like, you have different tiers of friends, you know? Like, friends on... so I don't know the exact terms, but, like, you have friends on social media who you really don't care about. You mm-hmm. don't even like their photos because you low-key don't like them, you know? Yeah. And... But you still have them. And it's, like... You're, 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 I'm, I'm saying that I'm keeping them there as a network in case one day I might want to talk to them, but I don't think I'll ever do that, you mm. know? So why, why am I doing this? And then also on top of that, like as being home and seeing how life, life is different now and I don't have the opportunity to just socialize every day with new people, you know? Like whereas in class, I would talk to a new person probably every day. Mm-hmm. Or at least every week but now it's like I don't have those opportunities anymore Mm -hmm. so I'm seeing that social media acts as that tool but it's much less personal Mm -hmm. you know the relationships you build on in social media are nothing compared to the relationships you build in person you know like you can DM a girl you, you know like you can DM people and like you get a first date, but what really matters is how that first date goes. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like no matter what you said on Tinder, Instagram, blah blah blah, whatever. You're not gonna know if you like the person or connect with the person until you communicate, not even face to face, but even vocally. You know, yeah. like. Also, I've noticed that texting and messaging people. I don't know. I've always had this thing. I don't. I hate texting. Okay. I absolutely despise it. I like to talk on the phone. I like to, if, if someone owes me money, if someone's pissing me off, if someone's mad at me, I call them on the phone. I try to get them on the phone. And that's a problem because in the 21st century, no one wants to talk on the phone. Mm. Everyone wants to text. But I talk on, I call, I call them on the phone because you can hear a lot from someone's voice. You can tell they're mad, they're sad, they're thinking longer about their questions, you can confront them versus text messages. If they don't have the red receipts on, first of all, you don't even know if they've seen the message. Yeah. They could use emojis, you, you don't know if someone's using sarcasm. The linguistic differences of actually communicating with someone verbally and through a text message and social media are vastly different to me. So, in terms, going back to your question <laughs> in which I dragged on, um, I really think that the reason I changed my perspective, one of the biggest reasons I changed my perspective on social media was because I was taken out of a social setting, Mm. like school, where I'm much less likely to meet new people, much less likely to become immersed in a social environment. And honestly, I hate that. Yeah. I wish I was back at school. I wish I was meeting new people, you know, my age, you know, but that's, that's one of the cons of coming home. Yeah. So do you feel like, it, like school was a, like a high and you really struggled adapting to the real, like the, the real world or what adults like to call the real world? 
as much as I, I don't, honestly, I don't want to say university was my peak. Yeah. I don't want to say that because I don't believe it. Mm. I think I have a lot of more success to strive for and a lot of more things to goals and passions, like having a family, et cetera, grandkids, grand, great grandkids, whatever. So I'm not going to say I peaked in high school because that would be absolute bullshit. But, or sorry, university. Yeah. High school is pretty good too. But in terms of university, I wouldn't say I peaked and it was, a, it, it was definitely a high. It was definitely like, I'm sure you felt this too. Something you don't know what it, like you don't know how good it is till it's gone. You know, I don't know if that's the same for you. How did you, how did you see that? Um, I guess like now that I look back on it, I wish there was things that I did mm-hmm. that I didn't do, but I think I had a very fulfilling five. I was at Laurier for five years. Mm-hmm. Like I traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of the world through, through my the, school, the yeah. organizations, clubs. Like I lived in Japan for four months. I know. I want to um, ask you about that. Yeah. Um, so in terms of a lot of the experiences I felt, I don't really think I missed out on a lot, but some of the things I, some of the things I kind of question about myself are the more university culture things. Like I wasn't a huge partier. I didn't really go to the clubs a lot. I went to like Phil's maybe less than 10 times, I think in my, in my, um, five years there. Like it just wasn't something that intrigued me. Um, you know, I wasn't part of hookup culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had a university girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. there was just, I guess, those are the moments that I kind of, kind of miss on now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, you know, I wasn't living up to the the idea of what a man in in university was like. Mm-hmm. But every single time I think about that, I think I'm really happy. Almost, I didn't do yeah, it and make no. that mistake. Um, and so I guess now, like I talked about this on my first episode with my friend about how, you know, people that say university are the best days of your life, it's like, I really hope not because you still got mm-hmm. 60 more years of your exactly. life, like, right? Maybe more. Hopefully. Yeah. But I also understand that being someone who's also social, like moving out of that setting to where I am now is a rough thing. Like we are mm-hmm. not meeting people, new people every day. However, I never actually felt... Um, as social as you like I'm not a, even though I like hanging out with the same people over mm-hmm. and over again like my tier of friends is like high tier and then just like acquaintances like a lot of the okay. people that I really talk to I really talk to okay. like my group from high school mm-hmm. um, some friends from university it's like mm-hmm. really up there and then I got like you know some middling friends that I love hanging out with every once in a while um, getting coffees with like or beers with mm-hmm. and then I have like just people I follow on, on social media mm-hmm. um and so I think I haven't really struggled so much in the sense of losing the social aspect or, or, or um, losing the university experience, but I've struggled more into embracing the everyday life of like a nine to five or eight thirty to five job. And yeah. like, I don't want that for my mm. life and no. I want to get out of that as quickly as possible, to be mm. honest. I want to travel the world. Like to me, money isn't a huge priority. It's like to me, my goal is get out of OSAP debt and then save for money or save enough money to uh, take time off and travel. Like Beautiful. those are like my Beautiful. it's my two goals. Like I'm not looking too far. And then I want to come back and have like my own business. Like I want to take this podcast around the world, uh, interviewing guys from around different cultures and exploring mm-hmm. manhood in that sense, right? Um, and so like my my main focus is to build this to be something that I can like kind of fund going around the world with not like to a huge extreme but something i can keep doing on the side um and you know i have huge passions and goals too and and i i never ever want to be like 
so whenever people tell me this is the real world now or like this is the adult life it's like no this isn't going to be my adult life mm-hmm. it's just for now and mm-hmm. I never ever want to get stuck mm-hmm. like that's my biggest fear is being stuck being too comfortable yeah oh that's that's the worst yeah. you don't want to get there no you know and in terms of like university life when you said like the party life and stuff that's not really what I look back at you know like mm-hmm. of course that was a big part of my university life and I loved it and I don't regret one second of it but I look more at the connections I made in the classroom to be mm. honest like even this one I would never have the opportunity to be on a podcast you know until now you mm-hmm. know and like regardless of where this podcast is gonna go it's an honor to me you know to have people in your in your circle yeah. you know that like you can you can communicate to you can talk to you know like not all my I can, Honestly, I couldn't pick all my friends. Like, I'm sure none, a lot of my friends wouldn't want to just sit down and talk in front of a microphone about these topics. Yeah. You know, but I'm free to do that. I'm lucky enough to have the mindset that I really don't care what people think and I will mm-hmm. say and speak my mind. Yeah. And in terms of your, your comfortability and what people tell you about... I know it's kind of like I can't say shit right now because I'm kind of in the same spot. Yeah. But like in terms of that, I find it so asinine how adults and older people can can kind of like put this image in our head that this is our life. This is what we have to do. Yeah. The traditional work environment has completely changed since they were working. You yeah. Know? Like, like speaking of social media, like influencer, the job of an influencer, there's so many different avenues of an influencer. There's like a hot model and mm-hmm. there's a travel influencer. There's a foodie guy. There's a podcast guy, you know, and like that's one of the pros going back to the pros of social media. It gives us these opportunities mm-hmm. to branch out like that, travel the world, see new things. And I definitely think that's a great goal to continue to strive for, especially as a person who one day wants to be comfortable enough to travel and and learn new countries and personally I, my my passions involve food really. Mm-hmm. I really love food all food like every culture and that's one thing that I would love if if I could take food and do what you want to do in terms of the podcast and yeah. branch out that would be my passion you know but where we are in our life is a weird stage yeah people you like you want to get off your ass. You want to invest time into yourself. But how do you know what you're going to do is what you're going to want to be doing in 20 years from now? Yeah. So the decisions we make right now are so vital. And especially with OSAP loans, you know? Like, what the heck? I thought I wasn't paying a six-month insurance. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, interest. interest rate. I didn't know that. Like, yeah. I got bombarded with extra debt out of nowhere. You know, like these little things that you, we don't consider when we're in school, and now we're like, oh, I think that's the aspect of real life we need to understand. That one, we gotta start paying bills. Two, we gotta work nine to five for at least a bit until we know that we can invest a hundred percent of our time into other things and my parents they push me my girlfriend she pushes me everyone tries to push me and say yeah. hey figure out what you want to do in your life figure out what you want to do but it's not that easy no it ain't that easy it's not like you could just pick up a topic and be good at it and invest your time like you could be good at every anything mm-hmm. you could be good at anything you want to be good at you know but to enjoy your life and be good at something and great at something and amazing at something the best at something you gotta enjoy it. You gotta like it. You gotta love it. Mm. 
And I sound like a motivational speaker right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've done shit all of my life. That's fine. Maybe not shit all, but I've done, I haven't done a lot. But I'm trying to inspire myself yeah. <laughs> to get off my ass and do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And like maybe if someone's listening and they don't know what they want to do and they're in the same boat as we are. But like you have a, sort of an idea. Yeah. You know, do you, do you know what your business is going to be? Do you know? Um, yeah, like I have a few business ideas. Smart. Yeah, like quite a few actually. I like, see. For those listening, he's smirking right now because he doesn't want to say them. And I respect that completely. I, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like because it's, it's a lot of uh, weight to like live up to, I guess. But, you know, I've told certain people. Um, but uh, I guess one would be have a... A media production company so mm-hmm. kind of like this is kind of the fundamental base of that Amazing. I'm learning about you know audio edit video editing a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. I'm learning about social media because I created a social media page for this so mm-hmm. um, that's one two I really want to own hostels around the world that's um, it. yeah so I really want to invest in that and they all have the same theme but a lot of it has to do with what I believe my core mission is and this is something that I realized as I was coming out of university and moving into the real world is I missed having classroom conversations yeah. because if you're not having it in the classroom, you're yeah. not having them. Like no. that's what I felt wow. at, like at school. Wow, um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Like Holy. when professors were guiding a conversation that was very, um, you know, they were hard sometimes. They weren't yeah. easy things to talk about. But that seemed like the only place where people would actually challenge them or... or um, you know, talk about them. And half the class, as you know, was not listening. No. But in fourth year, in second semester, that's I, that was my highest engagement mm-hmm. in terms of classes. That was Those were my favorite classes. Mm-hmm. I was, like, doing really well. You know, I consider some of the props my friends now. Like, I've gotten dinner with one of them a couple times. Really? Yeah, like, he's one of the coolest guys, and I really want to have him on my podcast. You know, our profit for uh, smartphones. I really loved him. He drove conversation in that room. Whenever he... Whenever people weren't responding to his questions, he always looked at me to get yeah. my answer because mm-hmm. he knew I would give him one. Mm-hmm. One that was pretty controversial, mm-hmm. but like he knew was a good talking point. And mm-hmm. Like I remember that whole social media mental health one. I remember that shut down conversation in the classroom when mm-hmm. I said literally to people, if you have social, if you have mental health issues because of social media, the real, the only underlying issue is that you don't love yourself enough. Yeah. And as hard as that is to say, it was something I've had to overcome too. It's something mm-hmm. I'm still overcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the only underlying factor to why social media could be bad for your mental health. Because you're letting it. You're letting it, right? And you're mm-hmm. saying, oh, I'm not I'm not worthy enough because this person is better than me. Mm-hmm. Which all comes down to you don't love yourself enough. Your mm-hmm. self-esteem isn't high enough. So over mm-hmm. the last like eight months, I've really worked on my self-confidence and I'm working through that. Like I, um, you know, I have very negative viewpoints on my body image because mm-hmm. I'm a bigger guy and I feel like that has been something that hasn't allowed me to be in a relationship before I blamed it on that mm-hmm. rather than being like maybe it's just because I'm not asking girls on dates like that actually is probably the reason That's why probably I, the reason. right <laughs> and so over the last little while I've been on quite a few dates and mm-hmm. like I've worked through that aspect of it I know it's not because of my body image that it's mm-hmm. I'm struggling there um but yeah I think Every aspect of what I love comes down to the fact that I missed having those hard conversations with people in the classroom because they, w- they were really hard to have outside the classroom. And at work, it's always like, don't talk politics, don't talk yeah. religion, don't talk science. Like, 
those are things you just don't talk about in a workplace because they can cause problems. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, where the hell am I going to have those conversations anymore then? Where the hell am I going to create intellectual conversations? And so I'm like, well, you know, the one way to do it is to start a podcast where we literally Amazing. talk about masculinity. We talk about something that's really hard to talk about. Um, so yeah, I guess if anyone's listening, that's really the reason for this podcast. By my future, I think that's what it all comes down to. I really like that. See, like, I need an epiphany like you. You know what I mean? Like, I personally, I think I'm I'm an adventurous guy, and I've been many, many sorry, venues that I can touch slightly, and mm-hmm. I kind of like plan my way out. But I see how you all of a sudden had this idea, and you know, and you put your work in, and you start, you bought a microphone, and mm-hmm. you started actually trying. And that's, that's all I got to do, get off my ass and start trying. That's what a lot of people have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people who don't like their jobs have to do. Yeah. Because people get stuck in this world of decent pay where they can support themselves, begin to support their pam- family slightly. But regardless of the money, it shouldn't be about the money. It should be about you not wanting to put a bullet through your skull after a, sh- after a shift. You yeah. Know? Like, no offense, like that, no. that wasn't meant to be no, like, no, no. rude or anything. Um, sometimes my sayings are a little out there, but generally, it's just it's the fact that there's a lot of pressure on us as millennials, and as many opportunities as there are out there, it's hard to take one and and run with it. Mm-hmm. But it's very great to see you doing that. It's okay. I, it's very inspiring, and I think it's. And I'm once again very lucky to be on the, on here and have my voice heard by however however many people are going to listen to it. But I I really appreciate this opportunity because this is a step towards the right direction. Yeah, for both of us, yeah, hundred percent, regardless. And I would definitely say to you if you're struggling starting, that was like my biggest thing too. Like I had this idea back, I guess oh I can't remember the pinpoint the exact day. Um, but I remember having the thought about it probably last year. Um, and then I came back from Japan and, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not in the right space. I really wish I started in university because I think mm-hmm. that's a great space where you can actually broad talk your to your, yeah, broaden yeah. your network. You can speak to your profs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably actually going to invite some of the profs out to do this because we're from communication studies. Like, this, this is an easy topic for them to talk about, right? Oh, yeah. They have, they're much older. They have, a, they have more experiences in terms of exploring that also from an academic background but in terms of starting and how you're struggling with it i would definitely say just start what has happened is like what i've realized throughout my life i am an ideas guy but i would say this is probably the first one i've actually executed on um and Mm. you're if you're saying you're gonna do it your friends will motivate you for a while Mm. and then they'll be like you know he kind of just gives up on his ideas so you know, we'll just, we'll let it ride out. Mm-hmm. Um, or what what's going to happen is like, they're just going to not do anything until you actually start doing it. And that's when they start encouraging you because mm-hmm. you've started. Now it's easier to keep that momentum going rather than it is for you to actually start. Um, third thing is you'll have tons of people reach out to you that you will never expect to reach out to you saying, mm-hmm. wow, this motivated me to really start something or... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this motivated me to reach out to you and talk to you about it like you did with me. But Mm -hmm. I had about 
10 to 15 people off the top of my head, I think, that reached out to me about this podcast and like thanking me for starting it that I had no idea would ever reach out to me. I have a question. Yeah. Jordy Males? It was actually, a, I would probably say, a pretty even split between cool. uh, cool girls statistic. and guys. Yeah, um, There's a lot of girls being like, yo, like, I really appreciate you starting this. Like, This is a really cool conversation to have. Um, I've had some girls that have like referred to it to their boyfriends and whatnot mm-hmm. to be like, you know, maybe this episode or maybe this podcast would be a good thing for you to explore. Will you ever have a woman on here? Yes. So I've had a lot of girls actually reach out to me saying that they want to be on it. And I've, I've said to them... Um, you know, in terms of the start with having women on the show, it really needs to be the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, my vetting process for guys is a lot lower than it is for women, I would say, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of guys can relate to manhood, struggling with their masculinity and that and whatnot. And I feel like um, when it comes to women, they can offer perspective on it, but, you know, growing from the seed to the the plant that and the, to the forest I, in the future, I can't just have any woman on. So I'm really thinking long and hard about it. You know, there's women that have had TED talks mm-hmm. um, about you know male locker rooms or the red pill incel mm-hmm. movement. Uh, so those are people I've put on my list to reach out to to be like the first woman on my on my platform. Cool. Um, yeah, I can't be just anyone. I think it has to be more academic societal cultural uh, perspective no for sure but yeah. definitely see that. I definitely want to have like I'm not going to restrict it to just guys in the future because mm-hmm. I think women are a very important part of the discussion just like as men are important in the conversation of feminism mm-hmm. like I, I don't think you can have a clear cut definition without both sides and I don't think you'll ever have a clear cut definition of what masculinity is anyways but yeah, yeah. how many episodes is this now do you know this is the sixth one cool yeah sixth. so that's cool this will be airing next Wednesday. Amazing. Currently, it's this Wednesday. In November. <laughs> yeah, it will be airing the first Wednesday of November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in terms of masculinity, I thought we'd segue into Movember. Are you participating in Movember? Yeah, actually. That's a good yeah. segue. I actually wanted to talk about it, but I forgot to write it down. Amazing. Um, but yeah, this might be the first year that I can participate, just because cool. I have never been able to grow a mustache before. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just mm-hmm. a dirt stash. Um, oh, but yeah, that, that is something I, I've actually been planning to announce cool. or, or thinking of starting. I don't really know mm-hmm. how to do it. I'm actually going to look into it like this weekend in, in terms of like actually getting a foundation or a uh, pledge out there for this po- under this podcast name. Amazing. I think. Amazing. And actually the November office is right across from my work office. Really? Yeah. So it's like on Portland. I okay. think. Yeah. It's like literally directly. No, wow. on, on Richmond. Sorry. Literally Richmond. directly across the street. Wow. Yeah. It's it's interesting how much of my life has come together recently and just seeing so many aspects play into one another. And I don't know if I'm just like overthinking or overlooking, but I also believe in like good karma. Are you a spiritual person? Um, I don't know if I'm a spiritual person, but I believe in karma. Like what Mm -hmm. goes around comes around. Positive thoughts attract positive results. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really think I'm ever like, I don't really ever get down. No, I've been... I've been recently becoming more spiritual. I'm not necessarily... I'm not religious at all. Um, And that's a story for another time. But um, personally, in terms of your karma and your... Like those ideas you have, I've really been trying to be as ethical as I can Mm. recently. And I honestly don't know if it's positively affected my life. 
maybe in the eyes of others, but I haven't seen necessarily a change. Obviously, I was never, I never acted like extremely unethical, but like mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone participates in an, an unethical activity here and there, right? But I really think that as I'm beginning to grow, I'm, I'm starting to learn more about <clears throat> how the world works. You know, like if you you get what you put in, you know, mm-hmm. like just how this podcast, you know, like you're going to be successful with it because you're investing your time, effort, sweat, you know, and that's, that's, and it's not very masculine to talk about spirituality and, no. and stuff. And, but like, that's, that's where we're headed. You know, we have that opportunity and no one can tell us otherwise. Yeah. So I guess in terms of your spirituality, like how did you get there? Um, kind of like you said, it's, you haven't really seen any positive results so far like what like kind of what do you think's kind of dragging you down there i think like i had some rough like i wouldn't say i had depression or anything but i mm. had some mental like a mental block in mm. me um towards the end of university and throughout fourth year regardless it was a great year for me like i loved the year like it was an amazing time um it was probably my favorite year of university to be honest because of my courses and the people i met and just a great end to everything but I still had this sort of mental block that I realized was really hindering my progress in my relate friend like um, intimate relationships friendships mm-hmm. um, homework like and then I realized like maybe it's because I'm not acting totally great as a person you know maybe I should be a better person maybe I should start paying for the go train you know like mm. doing different little things like even on like paying for the a presto on a little ttc while i'm still paying the big guys you know like mm. little things i pick up trash whenever i can like i don't litter anymore you know i don't i don't like talk well i try not to talk poorly about people behind their backs i'm yeah. just always and like at the same time that's kind of wrong because i'm doing it because i think something's coming after me yeah and then but i believe that the more i start to do it like this I'm going to get, um, I'm going to start exercising the fact that I'm just doing it just to be a person. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it because I'm scared of karma. Interesting. You know? That's actually, I, I think that's really interesting actually, like, um, doing, living life with that mentality. And I, like, you know, that's one of the things that I think gets too much, um, like intent matters, but, and if like, I guess the intent is to do something with expecting positive results mm-hmm. like you know people say like that's not gonna give you positive karma Mm-mm. but I do think there has to be an aspect of it that builds habit which is kind of what you alluded to in terms mm-hmm. of it's mm-hmm. just gonna become natural muscle and memory and muscle memory and I don't really know what it is in my life that makes me spiritual but I guess like I, I think I come I think I used to be really negative in mm-hmm. that um, like pessimistic yeah pessimistic like the world brought me down um, but people have never described me that way. Like, no, I can I, never see that. No. So I think, and I, I'm going through some things right now in my own head where I, I think I am a certain way. I was actually just talking to a friend about this this morning, um, how I think I'm a really angry person, but no one in my life would describe mm-hmm. me as like an angry person. I don't think maybe my family, but even mm-hmm. my family, like I don't really think they describe me as angry. 
Um, like, Mom! Yeah. Come on! No. But my mom always said, like, uh, who you are at home is who you really are. Like, that was one of the Very things. Very true. Like, oh, man. Like, then I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I'm trying to do is grow in the home. Like, that's Amazing. one thing I'm trying to put a mentality on is to like really... That. If who you are at home is who you really are. And I actually believe parts of that to be very true. 100%. Right? Like, so I have to work on my home self. Mm -hmm. I've been working a lot on my outside the home self, so I have to work on my home self. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess in terms of spirituality and and whatnot, it's really about, like, I don't think in crystals or or like that kind of stuff. But I do believe in, in the energy that you put out is the energy you receive. And... Amen. You know, be good to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think positive thoughts. Definitely, I'm, I do my best to not talk shit behind people's back. Like, mm-hmm. I think I used to do a lot of that. But even, like, in my personal life, I hate drama. Mm-hmm. And so I have no drama in my personal life. Like, literally, I don't think I could name a single piece of drama in my life. Really? Lucky I, you, like, man. Holy. And I've worked towards that, though. <laughs> like, you know, like, talking behind people's back puts you in drama like there's a lot of aspects of that that creates those tense moments and i enjoy other people's drama just because it's like more fun i guess not to like revel in their drama but there's some people with so much drama but you're not part of it and so it's nice every once in a while to hear about the drama that other people have in their life and maybe help them try to get out of it um but yeah like i I don't know. I've just been really trying to figure out who I am as an individual. I've thought a lot more about potentially going to therapy just for like the, f- mm-hmm. not the fun of it, but like, no great idea. Like I feel like I've, I've explored pretty deep within myself who I am. I know a lot of things about myself, but like how could a therapist push me to go further? Yeah. Like that's something I want to challenge. Um, I, anger. That's, that's a great topic to bring up because honestly, like, if we were having this conversation like 10 years ago, the notion of therapy for two guys to talk about would be so just untraditional. Maybe not 10 years ago, yeah. but like 20 years ago. Like I've looked into that. I've honestly looked into therapy. Like obviously everyone has problems, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone should have someone who they're comfortable with talking to. Like mm-hmm. even though we're friends, I can't tell you everything, you know? Like you can't tell me everything. You no. can't tell me everything about your life. Like there's definitely some things that you keep for yourself right and a therapist would definitely be a great place to really communicate that but the whole point what i'm trying to get at is that like even these conversations you know they're like different types of therapy yeah like we get to unlock things in our heads that have been like assimilated you know just like formed into these ideals that therapy is feminine or therapy is is just like weak weak it makes you it makes you a weak person but honestly it makes you a stronger person yeah because you're exploring these avenues that you didn't know affected you you know and these some of these trained psychiatrists right they have their own problems too but the fact that they can just release that information in you and i've honestly been looking into it and Mm -hmm. um if you if you do take that leap and you do begin therapy i would love to hear about your experience about it yeah well actually so there's one there's actually another podcast i listen to on the topic of like manhood and masculinity okay um it's called fuck there's one called man up but i think there's also another one man up <laughs> there's i for that's funny get exactly what it is but it's by like 
Amien Ish. I'm not going okay. to try to pronounce yeah. it, but it's a really good one. He's also Canadian. Actually, the two <clears throat> podcasts that are about masculinity are both Canadian and both like based in like Alberta, I think, wow. which is really interesting to hear their perspectives because one of them that was just released was about the oil and gas industry and okay. like manhood in that industry, which wow. was, I thought was really good. Wow. I'll li- actually link it in my story probably sometime this week because I thought it was a really good, good uh, topic. But one of the guys, one of the podcasts I listened to, he actually does a session or he does one of his podcasts with his psychiatrist. Oh. Like, he, he, like, sits out on the couch, and the therapist runs him through some questions, and it's filmed, and it's on the podcast, and he posts it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's, like, the kind of the first moment that I clicked that maybe, you know, therapy wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, just because I think... So this is my personal perspective on mental health, is you need, as a human, to be able to push your... You have to be able to sit in the alone, in the boredom, and really figure out where those dark thoughts are coming from. Mm-hmm. And you don't have all the answers, and a therapist doesn't have all the answers, but they can help you be comfortable answering those questions. Um, and I think what happens now is in our society, a lot of people aren't comfortable questioning, answering those questions or like no. understanding where they come from. Um, and I think that's one reason why I'm pretty mentally strong I would say I don't I would say I'm mentally weak in a lot of ways but I also have a mental strength because I'm able to like I, I've been in those dark spots I've questioned those I've pushed those ideas um, and you know so I think therapy would really help me in pushing further on that another thing I've really thought about recently is if I was in an intimate relationship with someone I would want to do marriage counseling or mm-hmm. couples therapy mm-hmm. from the get go wow that's like, a great idea to be honest and I had this conversation with a friend in my car the other day mm-hmm. and and he's like I never actually thought of it like that there's a lot of people I've had this conversation with about, mm-hmm. yeah I want to do couples therapy from the get if I from knew, like from, when you start dating? No, not from when you start dating, but from the it's moment like you decide that you're going to get gonna married. Be together. Like if you like proposal, mm-hmm. um, I really want to be comfortable doing therapy with my significant other, not in the sense of like, because a lot of people think, oh, you only do that when you have problems. Well, it's like this person can help you figure out what problems are are common amongst young married couples. Yeah, how to solve your sex sexual mm-hmm. intimacy issues before yeah. you even start. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing. And I don't know why it's weird when I it's it's so weird when I the reaction I get when I say that because everyone's like you know, you've never been in a relationship which is true, but also like why would you it's like therapy no, therapy's a always idea. a reactive thing right it's not a proactive thing so yeah. right now I have no I think the only con of that is that it's expensive yeah only con in my mind right now like why would you not explore an option that gives you the opportunity to one learn more about your significant other Mm -hmm. two learn about what could hinder your relationship in the future three see if you're making the right decision Mm -hmm. like it it seems kind of counterproductive if you're not doing it at this point you know unless the only problem is that it's crazy expensive yeah like it even for us like right now like some healthcare plans will cover therapy, but not fully. Yeah. Right. Like student, I didn't. I don't think our student healthcare plan covered it. No. I don't think so, it covers like which men- is yeah bullshit because like mental illness is the, one of the biggest like highest illnesses that affects students. Mm-hmm. So in the end, you got to think about what's best for you. Really, like some people who are extremely in love immediately and are like in the honeymoon phase for. 
25 years, maybe don't need it, you know, mm. but like the majority, excuse me, the majority of people can't, like it's it's nothing but a positive enforcement in the yeah. relationship. I would say the same thing. Actually, I, when I talked to my parents about it one time, because I brought it up with them, they, I think my mom said she'd pay for it if that was something that we pursued, because it's like... For you and like your my future significant other. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be like, you know, wow, like, because of your... like. My parents don't, um, they like, you know, they helped with school enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still riddled with that. But um, we all are. <laughs> we all are. But yeah, they're like, when I said it, they're like, they, my mom literally like jumped at the idea of like, Great. like promoting that and like being offering towards that. If you don't mind me asking, it's probably a really, I probably shouldn't ask this question, but um, is like your parents' relationship cool? Like, or do you? Yeah. That's no. amazing. So, yeah. so you learned well. Yeah. No, I have... My parents have been married for... Shit. How... I forget. It's 31 or 33 years, I think, right now. Do um, you know if they've ever gone through marriage counseling? I don't. No. 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 I've... Uh, so maybe she's just... Like, maybe she's thinking, like, it's nothing but a pro. Yeah. I would imagine that they have at some point maybe not in the sense of like paying for couples therapy mm-hmm. but like my parents were very active in the church and like there's lots Smart. of programs there right yes um yes. so i i would, would imagine that there were moments where they did some sort of program or, or church program like that or talked to a pastor mm-hmm. um but actively i actually don't know when you are going to explore that avenue are you going to do it through the church or are you going to do it through your own means my own means i don't prescribed to a faith right now um you know i think one of the things that i've struggled with in my my family life is getting a lot of a lot of advice that's um too religiously tied i guess and not you know secularly tied and and as someone that may not be religious right now a lot of the advice i get um you know from from the church or or people um has not is not useful in my everyday life and actually this is something i've recently thought about a lot too is um the men in my life who were like my youth pastors when i grew up in the church like they failed me a lot Mm -hmm. and so i don't see the church as a as a real like nothing that they say to me is grounded in a Mm -hmm. reality that they have all the answers Um, not even some of the answers and so like I would say you know my parents are both very religious Christian people um, and that has been a driving core value in um, their relationship but I would say that the biggest driver of everything is communication like beyond beyond religion Um, so what I would I would say is I, I want someone who pushes me and my significant other to communicate I think that's the most you can get from a therapy. No, for sure. Yeah. I could definitely see that. And I think when you when we're in the topic of religion, I think religion can really hinder the growth, well, the positive growth that we're seeing with masculinity, especially. Mm. Because there's so many, you know, like, factors involved that have been around for, cent- like, centuries, generations that, like, are so guided by the original thought of masculinity Mm -hmm. and not what it is today that once you obviously it's it's definitely a topic that you should 
part of your RSVP thing. Like it's yeah. definitely something that you, an avenue you should look into, right? Because obviously going from different place to place, you're going to see the difference in masculinity. And a lot of that can be based on the religion in the area, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't want to go into religion right now because that, that's just going to create issues, you yeah. know? But I could, I could definitely see how religion... But from your perspective, being I was—I never grew up religious. Mm. My family is never religious. My family fled from religion. Mm, okay. My parents were in the Persian Revolution, okay. so they were refugees who escaped, and they met in Denmark, and that's where I, me and my sister were born. Oh wow! Yeah. So they escaped from the Islamic Revolution. Um, we have nothing against Islam, nothing against Christianity, nothing against any religion yeah. specifically. But I've always—I've been—I've gr- grown up not necessarily fearing religion just understanding the precautions involved and how it can affect a whole population yeah so in terms of religion in my life it doesn't play a factor besides understanding people Mm. you know it gives me a tool that really helps especially as a communication major like I minored in religion Mm, okay um, yeah, it was just this, the minor I, I took. Um, um, a lot of people are like watching minor religion. And personally, I think in terms of communication, it's very big. It's a vital part mm-hmm. of communication. Huge. Because by looking at someone, by communicating someone, you can't always tell about them. But rela- their religion can tell you a lot about them, can communicate messages that you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. Especially in terms of masculinity. But yeah. Yeah. And I definitely think, like, as someone that has come from the church, there was definitely a time when I was angry at it. And I I don't like churches Mm -hmm. Um, in the sense that, like, why do you have five churches on one street? Like, it's Mm -hmm. never never made sense to me. It's like a fight. Yeah. And if if you're about bringing people together, like, there's so many different doctrines. There's so many different, like... um, Branches, you know, branches yeah. and uh, interpretations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's like I, I, I believe in the core concept of every religion is mm-hmm. to really bring people closer together. Like I, I believe that fundamentally. But people fuck it up. Like people suck. Like in as much as I love people, people mm-hmm. fuck up religion. Right? Like they, they perceive mm-hmm. they put something. Like if you think of ISIS, it's like mm-hmm. they're like Islamist, Islamic terrorists. Right? Yeah. Like I don't think Islam is that. No. And, but the people will fuck it up. Like, exactly. or even if you have the Crusades, like the mm-hmm. uh, Christians, fuck it up. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, Westboro Baptist Church, like, right? Like, yeah. So and speaking of that, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. But in terms of religion, and I know you talked about Kanye before. What do you think of this new album? Um, I think it's mad corny. Okay. I like three of the songs. Like musically, it's good. Like the like, production wise, I production, like it. Yes. Yeah. It's it's tremendous. Yeah. But the the point he's trying to get, like I, I'm not I'm not shitting you, bro. I listened to this album and I started believing in God for a second. I'm not kidding. Like yeah, that's it's sort of to me it's like brainwashing. Yeah, you know, I, and it's so far from what I yeah thought Kanye was. So I think it's really interesting. I think just the way Christian music is set up, mm-hmm. um, having been in the church, it's very much like that. Like, like if you th- yeah, yeah, if you think like. Um, Protestant, um, or you know, like those those church choirs that get all intense mm-hmm. and everything, right? It's not like the words that are getting you hyped. It's just like the it's the music, the right? Environment. So like uh, Selah, Selah, mm-hmm. or I, I forget what the name of the song Salah, is. Yeah. yeah, but like 
one of the the hallelujahs, right? Song. It's a good I song. love the yeah. Hallelujah Choir oh, in that music. Like, I literally I was thinking about him on tour and how he should have like choir like different groups of choirs around the stadiums, uh-huh. just like actually giving you like a whole raw, raw oh. vibe. And he's just like in the middle and like they're just like they're hitting the drums, right? Like an orchestra. Yeah, just, like oh. that's what I was thinking. Like whenever I hear that part, I think of live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much it captivates people. You'd have 30,000 people that don't believe in God mm-hmm. just screaming hallelujah. Oh, right? These people are going to pay thousands to yeah. see him. And most of them are going to be atheists, Muslims, Jewish, you know? Yeah. Like, not even his, share his faith. Yeah. So I think it's real corny to do it. Um, I Like, if he is a Christian, then, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But, um, and he has the power to to influence a lot of people which is also yes. cool um, but I didn't really ever feel like on it he was talk like, it just seemed like he was he had a god complex yes like yes. but that's what like you you love Kanye I love Kanye oh I love Kanye I love Kanye yeah but it's so against like I in terms of religion like monotheistic religions especially mm-hmm. like Christianity Judaism and Islam they focus on one God. Mm-hmm. So how can Kanye be a God? <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it's like he thinks of himself as a God, the Messiah, whatnot. And it's just kind of going against, I know I said I want to talk about religion, but like, it's like kind of going against that yeah. to some extent. And I could see how that could offend some people, but he still has a following of some people who like it. And like, Kanye, you do you. Like anyone has the right to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. No, I definitely agree, and like, I like it's interesting because there's people that have been are mad that he made a religious album or you know mm-hmm. Christian folks album, but it's like this man also made Jesus Walks eleven years ago, yeah. right? Which is one of the best. I was listening yes. to it the other day. It's easily one of the best songs yes. ever made. Yes. Like, True. I don't know. It's just heat like that. Mm-hmm. The whole the that aspect of that song is very religious yes. in terms of you know. Um, he there's a lot of religious context and you know walking through the valley of the shadow of death like yeah. and how you know being a Christian in the world is really hard and, mm-hmm. and like talk to God my record won't get played like mm-hmm. I, there's I don't know to me it's more that Kanye I don't believe him I believe him to be a really genuine person but like some of his characteristics and, and behaviors also make me think that he's not genuine. Yes. Um, so that's more where I come in is, is mm-hmm. in terms of how genuine the whole project is. Like his political views. I don't. I actually don't care about his political views yeah. at all. Like, I don't. It's music, it is really artists are artists. Yeah. yeah. Like they can, they, they can do whatever they want. It's yeah. like to me, um, hockey players are hockey players. They go, I watch them for their hockey. hockey. I don't watch them True. because of their political values or mm-hmm. whatnot. I understand that they have a lot of sway and they have a lot of opinion, but I don't think Kanye's ever really had a positive response. So, as someone who sees Kanye as an individual, I think he's so childlike in the way he thinks, like from a fundamental aspect, Yes, that when he says he just wants people to love each other, I think he actually just wants people to love each other. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's saying it from a standpoint of you know, love Trump and everything he does. Like, I just think he's very childish in thought. Oh, and sure. I don't, sometimes that's a positive and sometimes that's a negative. 
Um, I think in the whole Trump situation, it's naive. Um, but I do think it's pretty genuine, mm-hmm. as much as I disagree with him. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I, and I don't have to, like, I don't like having to justify that I disagree with him when I actually kind of agree with the core value of what he's saying. Um, and I think that's something that we struggle with a lot is we don't really, I think Kanye's a really bad communicator and he doesn't know what he's really trying to say, but I'd like to think my interpretation of what he's trying to say is right. Of just like, you know, don't let so like so many things divide us, which is what's happening in society right now. Mm. There's just a lot of division. I think he communicates best through his music, honestly. I think over yeah. his his like like when he actually talks and like the way he talks and the things he says. But you gotta also understand like he's the factors in his life are very unique Mm -hmm. you know like this is a whole pop culture talk but like you know gotta bring in kim kardashian you know he's on the kim kardashian show or whatever here and there yeah kardashians or something keeping up keeping up yeah yeah. um we both pretended like we didn't know what it was (laughs) we know but we know um but yeah so like it's just i guess it depends on the person right Mm -hmm. like and the the media and the population of people you have to guide yeah but that's part of it yeah that's interesting though i like how you brought that up there was something i wanted to go back to earlier that you were talking about now i forget what it was but it was on my mind mm-hmm. for a while i talk a lot i'm sorry and that's a fine that's why i like having you on here it just flows really naturally once you get like comfortable with each mm-hmm. other it was like way back i think in terms Honestly, of... Honestly, I can't remember. Sometimes I just babble and I babble and I can't yeah. stop. I forget exactly what the topic was and now I'm upset. But, um... Why do I have, like, 900 messages? I don't know. Anyways. Um... Holy. Do you have any I questions? I think it was going back to social media. Okay. And how you use it. Yes, I remember now. Okay, cool. social media, how you use it. Uh-huh. Um, and you said a lot of the times it's like, you know, you're never going to reach out to these people. Uh-huh. Um... One thing that I've been progressing through recently is, uh, you know, believing that people can change. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've held on to throughout a lot of my life is kind of anger from the past. And I've been working through this idea of, you know, there's people I want to reach out to that I haven't talked to in a long time. And there's also people I never want to reach out to because I didn't like them back then. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I sometimes think that those people I didn't like are the only people I should be reaching out to mm. because I I need to go Get through a healing back. process. Yeah. Like it's not even about, you know, having them admit to me that um, they hurt me or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's about me seeing that they have grown as people mm-hmm. and that they're different now. What if they haven't grown? Then I won't talk to them like, for another five years. Oh, okay. Like I guess that's kind yeah, of Yeah, I'm sure everyone's grown yeah. for five Like years. to me, so one, one thing my dad has always said is... Um, I expect people to change. He's like... You, you expect people to change? My dad. Oh. He expects people uh-huh. to change. Um, he's like, of course I, of course you should change. I expect you to change. And that's kind of contrast to what a lot of people think is like, I'm going to be me. I'm always going to mm-hmm. be me. But it's like, there's still aspects of you that you can work on that mm-hmm. are harmful to other people, I guess. Um, but yeah, something that I've always wanted to do or, or have been doing is reaching out to people from my past and being like, hey, let's get a coffee. Hey, let's get a drink. Like, let's meet up. Like anybody? Yeah, anyone that I see 
interesting on like so social media instagram is the main way i keep up right so uh-huh. i just tap through their stories I and i'll like, respond i feel like that's more difficult with with women right like you because half the girls think you're trying to slide in their dms you know what i mean this is true um i don't know people that know me know i'm not like yeah that. yeah i guess so, i guess you're right yeah yeah I don't know. Are, I can't is that say how the you same. No, I, I, I don't slide. I, I never. I was never a DM yeah. slider, you know. But like, I just didn't build those. I, like people who hurt me, mm-hmm. don't really. We don't really associate with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, if they have hurt me, I'm. I don't know. It's kind of stupid to say, but maybe we've solved it by now, mm-hmm. you know. But like at the same time, I do have a network of people that I don't really communicate with, mm-hmm. and maybe I should also take that extra step, regardless of if they've hurt me or not, yeah. if I like them or not. That part too. I might just like them for no fucking reason, you mm-hmm. know. Like I, well, it's safe to say you don't. Sometimes you just don't like someone's face, you know what I mean? Like that's this, fair. And and you should still that shouldn't stop you from giving them a chance to learn about them and mm-hmm. see if they're good people and see under that terrible face, right? But. <laughs> I don't mean to be, be shallow or sound shallow. No, I 100% know you everyone, mean. Everyone, you know, you can get bothered by the way someone looks. There are 100% people like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I was kind of fascinated by um, another part was just how, you know, now being on the creative side, not that this podcast is really that creative. Like, it's really just plugging a mic into a computer and mm-hmm. hitting record. But... Um, like, I don't know, there's just so much more to it now when it comes to encouraging you to be like, dude, all I want for you right now, all I want to see on your Instagram next is you cooking something and then <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. Like, <laughs> that's, like, that's all see, I want. I'm not like, I cook, I cook, but I'm more of a eater. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like I, I cook here and there. I've never seen myself as like a pro chef. Like I should, I cooked that. I don't know. You know, Bao, the Bao restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I worked there. Oh, did you? I was a chef, like not a chef, but I was a cook. When were you there? And I worked in the front. I managed the front for a bit. Okay. Um, when third year and fourth year, do and, you know, and I got 50% off. Do you know Alicia? Um, a girl named Alicia. Um, Alicia. Yeah. What, what, what ethnicity is she? Chinese. Um, she's like, I think she might be two years older than us. Yes. So, um, Hair like very short. Yes, hair, brown hair. Wait, is it Alicia? Alicia, yeah. I think it's it's different. No, it's, okay. Is she just there? Did she just go there? No, no. She graduated like three years ago. So maybe, maybe not. I should probably Alicia. No, I don't know Alicia, but okay. I think I know who you're talking about. But I think you might have the name wrong. I don't have the name wrong. No, you're hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I worked, then, with, I worked with her. Okay, then I'm then I'm wrong. I don't okay. know Alicia. And then maybe a Terrence. No, I don't know. Okay. I know they both work there, but I think probably, probably, probably before you talk. Bow. Not Bauer. Bow. Yeah, Bow. Okay. Yeah, I know. Because once I was at the at the bar, yeah. and this girl comes up to me. She's like, oh, you work at... I'm like, I work at Bow, Sam. Bow. She's like, oh my God, you work at Bauer? Bauer Kitchen? You're a chef at Bauer Kitchen? I'm like, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Anyways, like I just like food and I like experimenting. Food. Yeah. And but like food isn't even my passion. Like I have so many passions. I'd say music is one of my biggest okay. passions. Always has been hip hop, especially. Listening um, or making. Listening, not necessarily making. I'm a very lyrical person. I used to freestyle a lot, and like my claim to fame in high school was in Punta Cana when I had, to, had a rap battle. Astro. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like. It was like I had a crowd of people around me. You can see on my Instagram if you check it out. The Master, T-H-E-M-A-S-S-T-E-R. 
Uh, sorry for the plug, but... I'm going to put that in the, the intro. That's <laughs> yeah. going to be the intro. <laughs> Check out the freestyle. Or I'll send, send it to me and I'll put it... No, it's okay. It's, it's a dark part of my past. It's, it's, if you scroll down enough, you'll find it. But okay. it, that was like a big part of my life and that made me... Um, I met a lot of people through that, you mm-hmm. know? And like, I've always had rhythm. I've always had melody. And personally, I don't want to just work in music. I don't want to just work in food. I want to work in lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. like a lifestyle brand. I want to represent a lifestyle brand. Not only media, you know, like different. I want to do everything. Architecture, like any form of anything that inspires me. You Bro, know? sounds like you could be a business partner. No, that would, that sounds good <laughs> Lifestyle for my clothing brand. Yeah. Hip hop. You yeah. could be like a hip hop journalist. Yeah. You could be architect. You could build my freaking hospital. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not, like I've used some CAD software, but I'm <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't call myself a professional. No, anyway. it's okay. But regardless, it's just like art. Art really inspires me. You know, mm-hmm. food is art. Music is art. You know, like architecture is art. You know, like media is art. Art in general is something that has always been something that's been I've been passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. There's so many freaking avenues in art that you don't know which one's the right one. Mm-hmm. No, that's legit, yeah. man. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so I, I'll have more questions for you. But is there anything you want to ask me? I guess or I feel um, like I have asked you a good amount of questions. I feel like we've been we've been did you asking? Did we talk about the um, the way I named the shows yet? Or no, 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 no we did not. Okay. Let's get into that. So, Mr. West. <laughs> yes, sir. Is that why you like Kanye West? Because your last name's the same? No, actually. I just got to just fucking with I know, but I've actually been asked many times oh, really? if Kanye, if I'm related to, related Kanye, to Kanye. And I don't know if the joke's serious, or I don't know if the question's serious or not, but... Just check Ancestry DNA, bro. I, you know, I don't want to, like... You don't want to see that. I don't want to bring up, like, you know... Have you seen that episode of The Office? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's the like Michelle your, Obama. your family is probably slave <laughs> Bernard so, how do you come up with the title of your podcast? Title of my podcast typically are just something funny that happened during the uh, recording of mm-hmm. the of the podcast, or you know something that was annoying and kind of negative, mm-hmm. and I twist we kind of just twist it, rebrand it into a positive thing. Cup so, half full, you know. Cup half full, you know. I walked in. We're we're currently recording this in the library mm-hmm. in Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was making calls at lunch trying to book rooms mm-hmm. um i didn't know that the room is like an egg-shaped fully clear uh circle in the middle of the library and anyone that's out there can listen in or see us basically should i just yell and see if everyone looks at us? i don't think so no no bad idea maybe bad idea see. yeah um there might be too much echo in this fully yeah. glass encased egg mm-hmm. um so the name of this podcast will probably be the podcast recorded in the egg or something like that. I like that. Yeah. Something egg. to do with that. And it, like two like, embryos in one egg? Y- yeah. Mm, no. No, more like a chicken egg. Like chicken, a chicken egg. egg. Okay. Chicken okay. hatching egg. We don't have to go. No, right but now it's... it might be the embryo. Okay. Let's call it that. <laughs> the embryo. But uh, yeah, it's just like I walked in. I'm like, oh my God, how is this going to work? The recording on this is going to be awful. There's going to be echo. Um, but then I was like, you know, I, how, do I, how can I twist this into a positive? And mm-hmm. typically that's the name and... You know, even messaging you about what the room looked like, you're like, mm-hmm. we're going to make it work. Yeah. And I was like, you know, positive, positive feedback. So. That's dope, man. Like, well, yeah. from what you were saying, your pessimistic vibes, I don't see that. I actually never saw that from you. But I, the, I 
you're moving in the right direction regardless. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. Sick, sick, man. Um, but yeah, like, I guess even going back, do you kind of miss conversations in the classroom? Like, Oh, bro, like, that's where we shine. Yeah. Like, that's where, you don't, you can, like, you have no idea how many times, like, man, I'm not, like, the smartest guy on earth, okay? But, oh, like, when yeah. I talk, sometimes I sound smart, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know like, people laughed a lot when you talked. Yeah, just it, naturally, like just what you're saying was smart, but the way it was delivered, it just sounds like humorous. Yeah, that's what, what I try to do to kind of like steer away from trying to sound like a fucking intellect. When honestly, we all are technically intellects, right? We've mm-hmm. been to school, like we're we're educated. But I don't want to be seen as this posh guy who walks around like he knows everything, you know. But in terms of that, you don't know how many, like you have no idea how many times. Maybe, like, this is just because everyone's drunk, but I'll be at the bar and some girl will be like, or some guy will come up to me and be like, dude, I know you're from class. You had some really good talk, uh, voice. Like, you had a mm-hmm. really good voice today. Like, you, you said some really good stuff. And I'm like, that, like, that makes me so happy. Yeah. That boils me up, makes me the happiest person. I have the best night. I buy them a drink, you know? Like, maybe, oh, maybe people caught on and they mm-hmm. <laughs> come to me for drinks, but, like, no. Seriously, it's it's the positive reinforcement and constructive criticism I get from talking in class and the feeling I get after I get people to laugh. Oh man, I love making people laugh. Yeah. That's my passion. One another passion. Yeah. Let's add comedy to the to the thousands <laughs> of art ideas. Form. Yeah. But it's just something that I've always been that I've always loved. I love to have my voice heard and I'm mm-hmm. sure you feel the same. Yeah. For sure. Like, I think for me, sometimes it was a very much egotistical thing, just because mm-hmm. I, not that I felt people in the program were dumb, mm-hmm. but like, I just was upset that mm-hmm. people didn't share enough of their there ideas. There are some dummies. Yeah. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know why you decided to share that right now. Yeah. But, um, so I would say it's like, as a man, it definitely, I struggled a lot with, um, Sometimes I struggled with ego in the mm-hmm. classroom and like wanting to sound smart. But I would say it wasn't until um, graduation, convocation day, mm-hmm. that it was like I didn't realize how many people in the program knew me. We got a picture, right? I th- yeah, yeah, I'm pretty we, sure. You have it. I think I have it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have one. I, okay. I probably posted it. Sorry yeah. for um, But it wasn't until that day that I realized how many people in the program knew me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know them just because I talked a lot. But a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, yeah, hey, you're that guy that yeah. talks a lot in the, in the mm-hmm. class. Because I didn't really go out. So I didn't really have the same, but I didn't have the opportunity. But when I did go out and I saw people from communication studies, they'd be like, yo, Luke. And I'd be yeah. like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, hey. What's your name? <laughs> like, I've never, heard you, I've never heard your voice before. Um, yeah. And even like outside of the classroom, like, I hung out with a lot of friends in communication studies um, outside of the classroom. And I would try to have... I would actually force kind of conversations with them. People knew me as the guy to start conversations with mm-hmm. on campus about controversial things because I would be comfortable talking about them. Amazing. I had conversations with people like about abortion, about religion, about wow. um, a lot of things that I... Big topics. Just big topics. Heavy topics. And like, um, you know, um, I had friends that were like, how do you you know, frame your arguments like this? Or how do you come up with this, this information? I'm like, well... I learn beyond the classroom. Like, I don't do... I never did classroom readings, ever. But I watched a lot of cultural commentary stuff. I Mm -hmm. read a lot of things. I, like, read medium. I read read news. I paid attention to to things. Pop culture. And I I guess my mind frame is just immediately diagnosing why those things happen. Like, questioning them, figuring figuring them out. Um, And really going back... Like, I've always been... I lean left 
lean liberal in my political like views, but I also listen to the people on the conservative side just to like see what issues they're bringing up so I can challenge them more. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I bring in opinions from the opposite so I can you know try to think about what they're thinking about, but also as someone on the left, how I can um, fight those arguments if I need to be in the situation to fight them. And I think a lot of people just like these are the arguments I'm, I'm on, therefore they're the arguments I believe, but they don't really question why they believe them. Um, and so a lot of my conversations with people outside the classroom are just like. You know how how do you like why do you think about these things outside the classroom? How do you form, formulate these opinions? I'm like, well, the thing is, you can't really form an opinion until you share it. Mm-hmm. Like, because your opinion, people will roast your opinion if it's a bad opinion. Yeah. Um, and one of the the book I actually read for smartphones and us was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like it was I think it's called like Alone Together. Or, or oh, for your essay. Yeah, for like the book review. Oh, book review. Um, I actually read the whole book. Wow. I, I wasn't planning on doing it. I was just planning on being a university student and kind of cruising through, reading a couple pages. But I actually ended up reading the entire book, fascinated by what I was reading. Um, and it's about whole, this whole idea of, you know, you're alone. And in the, when you're alone, you think of, you know, talking points, discussion points. You, you formulate ideas. You formulate opinions. Um, not all happens when you're alone. You... You really, and so what the con- what the whole theme of the book was about how the phone takes you away from being alone. When you're mm-hmm. alone, you're on your phone, so you can't actually sit in those thoughts, in those, in those dark thoughts, um, in those ideas. You can't formulate anything. And then what happens when you go in society is, you formulate groups of two. So you share those opinions, you share those conversations. You would, you know, what we're doing now is you're challenging me on my opinions that mm-hmm. I formulated while I was alone. Um, you know, and then, so I'll now go back, I'll be alone, I'll synthesize a bit more, come up with new opinions, new formulas, um, new strategies for how I see the world. And then I go back out into society and I put those ideas forth again. And then you go back, you question it. Then you're in the workplace. The work is a whole different vibe. It's a whole different setting. So then that forces you to challenge everything that you do. Then you go be alone and you synthesize again. Like that's basically the whole conversation of the book. Um, and... I realized that that's how I've lived basically my entire life, just naturally, is I, since I'm alone, I then, I'm very comfortable saying my opinion out loud and facing the back, well, not really facing the backlash, because I don't really think anyone should get a lot of backlash, um, but, you know, what you learn is that other people have different experiences, so they'll, they might, qual- like, squash your original opinions Mm -hmm. so you take it back you're like oh how can i empathize with them a bit more or how can i you know show more sympathy to them and then you that's when you learn different opinions oh yeah Yeah. you put yourself in their shoes you look at every perspective so reading does that for me too it's like i'm able to sit in those ideas and then i question those ideas and i'm like oh wow this is something i believe then you go out public you say what you believe you're like oh okay maybe Gotta I got to change it, or mm-hmm. there's there's things I could add to it, things that mm-hmm. don't make sense. Um, so like that's how I thought of communication studies. No, that's totally understandable. It's yeah. definitely it's definitely something that everyone should be practicing. Yeah. You know, like people have ideals and they don't want to budge. Mm-hmm. But like the whole point of communication, the whole point of discourse is to sorry communication word. <laughs> um, is the point to arrive at either a consensus or a new idea. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the pro of our 
major. Yeah. Right? For sure. Anyways, I'm going to ask you three more questions. Okay. Because uh, I think we're at like an hour and a half right now. Yeah, we are. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So um, these are, you know, typical questions that I ask at the end because I really think they're, they're really important on reflecting on who you are as a man today. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was something your father told you growing up that you really cherish a lot in your life and, and you use a lot? Holy, I love my dad, um, but because, you know, like he, we do have communication barriers personally mm-hmm. between us two. We are two different types of people. You know, he left medical school because of the Islamic revolution. Mm-hmm. So, and he moved to Denmark, he speaks English, right? But like he does, they don't have the same cultural values as I do, you know, for example. At the same time, they're not religious. There's no like assimilation they're not trying to make me someone I'm not Mm -hmm. but I'd say in terms like my dad always told me nothing like my parents are very open about masculinity and femininity and whatever but my dad always told me to can we come back to this one yeah sure because I'm kind of drawing a blank like I let's go to the whole Persian thing so Mm -hmm. like what is you talk, you know, you talked about your dad being very open with masculinity, mm-hmm. um, but like I guess coming from, I don't know too much about yeah. Persia or yeah. you know about that Iran, yeah. that mm-hmm. um, that whole experience and, yeah, and leaving that. it. So like, kind of what was what was that about? Like, how did so, it affect your family and your dad? So basically, from my understanding, I'm no way a historian or know anything, and this could be biased because my dad's telling me, so he has his own perspective on everything. Uh, but in the time that he was in school and my mom was in school, um, there was a lot of segregation. And once the 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 Islam, an Islamic leader got voted to power, mm-hmm. um, he put he made in order to go to school you would have to study Islam, the mm-hmm. Quran. And my dad was super against that. Think about it. This is the time when everyone wants to revolt. You know, like these kids, they don't. The, the women don't want to wear hijabs, you know, like the, they're used to going to the beach and flaunting like some Persian women are some of the most beautiful women in the world. Mm-hmm. Every gender, every culture has beautiful women, right? But like before the difference in Persian women then and the difference Persian women now, now they're all segregated. They're mm-hmm. all um, as trying, they try to assimilate them to the Islamic regime. But obviously it's gotten better since then. But my dad had to flee through Turkey um, and basically became a refugee in Denmark and that's mm-hmm. where he met my mom at a refugee camp and that's where they had me and my sister so throughout that process my dad missed majority of his 20s mm-hmm. you know like his he left when he was probably like 19 imagine we had to do that escape a country at 19 years old and it's like a long process to get your Danish passport you know yeah. luckily I since I was born there, I'm a dual citizen, so I have my Danish passport and my Canadian. I still speak Farsi and Danish and English, okay. which is definitely one of my biggest um, accomplishments, and I, I love to brag about it. Yeah. But <laughs> um, in terms of that, that's definitely changed my dad's perspective on life. You know, like he didn't get the luxuries that any other teenager would or any other 20 year old would. Yeah. So, one thing that he does like to really teach has always been like trying to push me and that goes into where I am in my life right now Mm -hmm. because of 
where he came from and his education doesn't fit to this country, he tell he always tells me find a job that you're gonna love because he doesn't love his job, mm. you know, and he's doing it because he has to pay the mortgage, you know, he has to retire one day. So he tells me find a job that you're gonna love, but find it as soon as fucking possible. Mm. That's one thing that's always resided with me. Um, he's told me from day one. Honestly, for many immigrant um, families. Usually the parents try to steer the kids in the direction of being a dentist or doctor, yeah. pay, play some sort of musical instrument, which I all, I did. I originally thought I was going to be a doctor until I realized I fucking hate biology. Yeah. Um, and I'm scared of blood. I literally have a phobia of oh, blood. Wow. Not like a bad one, but like if I see a lot of blood, I'll faint. Um, real blood. You yeah, know, yeah. But I'm probably the same. Yeah. I, I hate real blood. It just makes me queasy. But, like, these things are things that you don't really realize when you're lucky enough to be a kid like us in this country, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really, like, I was partying in my 20s. My dad was in a refugee camp. Like, obviously yeah. in Denmark, right? It's, yeah. it's not like, it's not like a war zone or anything, but, like, there's different things you got to realize. Yeah. And that's definitely what I, I would take from my dad. Good. Yeah. See that I did that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did well. You did real good. <laughs> um, something, something you wish your father told you growing up that you've learned now, like maybe a lesson that you've learned now. Wow, but something that you wish. That you I wish earlier. I wish someone. I wish someone told me um, that. This. I wish someone told me to invest more time in clubs and stuff in university. That's okay. one thing I regret. I, n- I didn't join any clubs. Yeah. No extracurriculars. Besides um, intramural basketball. Mm-hmm. Just for the fans out there, I'm a huge basketball fan. I got to let everyone know that. But that's that's my biggest regret is not doing extracurricular activities. Yeah. And I tell every everybody to do that. Every kid I know, like from family members to family friends, build your network and do it through extracurricular activities. Yeah. I would say my my best experiences were through extracurriculars. And Mainly because like... An avenue I didn't even yeah. look at. Mainly because first, second, and third year, I didn't go to class that often. Mm, really? And then fourth and fifth year, I loved my classes. Mm-hmm. And I actually toned down the extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say like some... Like I traveled specifically through extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. Like, See, that's something yeah. I wish I did. So definitely agree with that one. And then, uh, what's something that you want to tell your kids when they grow up? If you, you know, if you're going to go down the path of having kids, do you want to have kids? One hundred percent. Okay. I want two kids. I want a son and a daughter. Yo, same, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we just fist bumped for everyone out there. Um, personally, I'm I'm getting kind of like blank, but this is a question that I definitely want to answer and I definitely need to answer. So this is what I think. I will tell my kids in terms of masculinity. I'll, I'll make it tailored to this podcast. Okay. For my son, um, when I think of masculinity, I really think of how we can kind of go against it, you know, Mm -hmm. like how the traditional norms and ideas have changed from when we were kids, you know, like remember that stage when in elementary school, when all the guys wanted to challenge masculinity by wearing pink? You know, like, you know, like, no guy, like, I want my son to be okay with doing that. I want my son to 
wear the iHeart boobies wristbands, you know? Like, just do these little things that I, I want my son to be like me. Yeah. In the sense that I'm open to all sexualities. Like, I understand. Like, you do what you want to be. Be who you want to be. Yeah. As long as you're doing it because that's what you want. And I know it might be stupid for me to say now because once I have a kid, it might be different. Yeah. And I might be like, oh, yeah, don't do this shit because you're my kid. Yeah. Because that seems to happen a lot. But I just think the world is changing so much now. Like, whereas I can wear jewelry. I can manscape i can do a face put a face mask on Mm -hmm. like i i had a self-care night by myself last night put on a poor strip you know sat back watched some netflix you know like i can watch rom-coms and enjoy them you know know? i love the proposal yeah oh great 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 i watched it like 11 times yeah yeah but oh no have you seen hitched yeah the one with kevin james and will Will smith Smith. yeah great movie yeah but anyways that's like that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to my son being able to be comfortable in his skin mm-hmm. and comfortable with playing with Barbies, playing with what, whatever mm-hmm. he wants, wearing pink. And the same for my daughter, vice versa. You know, like it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be segregated by people who think, oh, you think wearing pink is whatever, like is feminine? No, like you can wear a turtleneck, you know, you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. You're wearing one right now. Exactly. This man's looking fly. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all the questions I got for now. I, I know I've, we've used up this time in the study pod. Um, but uh, Andre, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank Is there anything so else you want to address? Or um, like that? I just want to thank you so much for having oh, me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. No. This was a crazy fun experience. Um, anyone who will give me enough time to talk is a great person I appreciate you so much for that and I would love to come back on the show once 100% whenever you need me man give me a call or give me a text or an Instagram message yeah Um, well no now I have your number I can call you yeah Yeah. you can call me that's that's the best way to do it now I know yeah because you can you'll be able to tell if I'm trying to get out of it or not yeah but I'm genuinely happy about this and I would look forward to working with you, speaking with you yeah. and grabbing a beer with you in the future. For sure. We'll, we can definitely get a beer soon. And like that, that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is actually I've learned a lot about who they are mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, now I, there's so many things I want to go in more depth on mm-hmm. next time. Um, like even the Persian aspect of your mm-hmm. family, the religion. I know we kind of touched on it a bit, yeah. um, but there's definitely like parts of who you are now that I that I know and it's like oh, I think we could explore that a bit deeper mm-hmm. um, like I don't even go into childhood and like you know that stuff and in terms of how your life and your relationship with your parents like I don't mainly because I'm not a therapist so I mm-hmm. wouldn't know what to pull from that mm-hmm. anyways in terms of who you are um, and but I it's like a, it's yeah. great to talk about yeah. and I don't sometimes I feel like sometimes we get way too off track in terms <laughs> like in, on all my episodes of off like the masculinity manhood thing but it's coming to terms with like appreciating that you know just the flow of conversation is vulnerability in itself and mm-hmm. that's what can make this impactful seeing how open guys can be um, in, in more minute ways than being like super intentional about it all the time mm-hmm. um but yeah, I loved having you on and I'm really thankful that you came out. Thank you. And we will never run out of topics to talk about. We are communication majors. And we're two talkative guys. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Thank yeah, you, I'll definitely have you on again. We'll catch up with you soon. Appreciate it.
Listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere podcasts are available. Please leave a review on iTunes if you can. It does a lot for the show. Um, and if you have any ideas or on topics or want to be involved in the show, message me on Instagram at the Imperfect Pod. 